Hello and welcome to New Energy Explainers. I'm Tim Johnson from Johnson Energy Consulting. Today we're looking at zero emissions or reducing emissions and the different strategies that Australian business owners can use uh, and what's involved and the best way to go about making a plan. Uh, to help us with this, we're very lucky today to be joined by Louise Shermer, who is the <coughs> excuse me, Managing Director of ACO Energy. Louise, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Tim. It's nice to be here. Very good. Uh, so let's start at the top. Why would a company want to cut their emissions? What are the benefits? There's probably, there's lots of really good reasons. I mean, one is obviously the ethical reason and trying to help the uh, environment of just being a good global citizen. But there's a couple of other really good, strong, compelling reasons as well. And one of those is about um, compliance. So there's a lot of regulatory requirements that are in the pipeline, particularly for small to medium-sized businesses. And they are being um, actually in place for large organisations having to do reporting around their um, emissions and also in uh, ESG requirements in the next couple of years. Um, the other one is marketing. Um, consumers and businesses are really are influenced by companies having uh, reduced emissions and green credentials. Um, mm. A recent re survey from Nelson Nielsen actually said that eight out of ten consumers would actually uh, prefer will change their purchase purchase decision based on credentials. And a really good example of that one is the Natural Chip Company. If you've uh, seen them in the shops recently, they actually have their renewable energy claim and reduction of emissions on their packs. So um, marketing yeah. plays another really strong reason to do that. Uh, cool. I hadn't heard that one. Um, so let's dive into the mechanics of it a little bit. Um, and how do you prove net emissions once you've achieved them or how do you go about doing that? Well, it's a lot of different ways. It depends on how you've actually achieved your net um, zero emissions. So obviously if you've got solar on your roof, that's going to be a component of it. You could be changing the way that you do business, etc. Um, one of the ways that you do it if you're using um, you know, energy from the grid, you're either getting green energy from your um, supplier, your retailer, or potentially you could be purchasing renewable energy certificates. So mm -hmm. you, renewable energy certificates are certificates that are generated and how you prove that they are actually um, attributed to you and that they are genuine is they're traceable back to the generator. So you can actually take that all the way back and um, look at the certificate generated by the generator at the time that that energy was produced. Okay. And so, so there are different types of certificates, obviously. Um, and I know we talked earlier about some people would call it offsetting their emissions, but we're not really talking about offsetting here. No, no, no. We're talking about reduction of emissions. Maybe a good place to start is really what is a certificate. Um, yeah. So an energy certificate is um, it's a certificate that's generated at the time that renewable energy is produced or created. And you kind of think, well, how does this all kind of work? Um, we only have, if you think of your home for a moment rather than your business, there's only one line that comes into your house that brings your electricity into your house. There's not a line for renewable energy and there's not a line for um, brown or coal-fired energy. So but what happens is all the energy gets put into one big pool into the, into the, 
into the grid and we just get whatever energy is given to us. So how do we attribute who gets or who takes credit for the renewable energy and who takes, who doesn't? And that's where certificates come into play. So each time a um, one um, megawatt of energy is produced at a renewable energy, energy generator, say, for example, solar or, or wind farms, etc., um, a certificate is generated. So this is highly regulated generation system that certificates are then issued and then people buy those certificates to say that energy that was produced by that wind farm on that day or that solar panel is mine. Um, and I'm going to take credit for that on me using that renewable energy certificate. That's a renewable energy. Energy. That's right. Now I've completely forgotten what the original question was, Tim. So you have to remind <laughs> me. <laughs> well, that's okay. So let me. Um, I guess I, I like to talk about the proof. I think if, for example, it, let's say I'm manufacturing car parts in Australia and I'm selling to a big American car car maker, and that American car manufacturer turns around to me one day and says, "I need you to prove to me that you've got." at least certain amount, if not fully um, emissions, uh, reduced emissions production. Um, how would I, I mean, how do I prove, is it, is it just as simple as you get those certificates? Are they, are they given to you in the mail or do they come online or how do you do that? How do you do it? Well, um, the, the, probably the most credible internationally is the international um, IREX, which is an international standard that um, certificates comply to. And they're sourced all over the world. And how, and this is how the majority of certificates work, but this one is the most robust and credible in the market, um, is you are sent a link or you have an account and you click on that link and go into your account and you can actually go down to the actual uh, number of the certificate, the generator that it was generated and the time that it was generated. And this okay. is all certified by the standard, so it's completely traceable and credible. Right, and that's okay. And so the the certificates could be created anywhere in the world, and and I guess the, the, yeah, the proof of them uh, is is an international standard. So um, maybe talk a bit more about it, the fact that it doesn't matter where they're created. What well, you know, if you think about it, and this is a little bit philosophical, you know, thought-provoking, I suppose, but we we have one atmosphere, okay? And so mm -hmm. when you're thinking about emissions and energy production and, and what we're trying to achieve in regards to reducing emissions, it's a global issue. So solving or offsetting your emissions on a global standard is just as effective as if you did it in Australia. Now, you may, for whatever reasons, decide that you want to um, have Australian um, support Australia specifically or solely, uh, that's, that's you, you know, absolutely fine too. But when we think about it, the larger picture, the, the, uh, the atmosphere is one, is one. The other component of that is if your certificates are generated um, by an international A standard of good, of good sound credit, like the international standard, they're just as good quality as any other REC or any other certificate that's produced anywhere else in the world. They need to adhere to the requirements and the standards. There is uh, checks and measures in place to ensure that happens. Um, so it is just as good quality and just as effective as it's produced in our backyard or on the other side of the world. Okay. And so, but the difference being that the certificates might cost different amounts of money depending on how much it costs those people to generate them. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, obviously different cost prices where they're sourced around the world and how they're sourced. So at ACO, for example, we actually have direct relationships with generators. This is another really um, interesting, complex thing about Rex is that, so we buy ours directly from the generator. So there's no middleman. So that's one cost saving. And whether we buy them in Europe or we buy them in Asia, you know, majority of our RECs are purchased direct from the generator. There's actually a lot of trading that goes on with RECs um, before they're attributed. So the REC you may buy from somewhere else might have been traded six or seven times and had a margin placed on them six or seven times, and that will also increase their prices as well. Okay. But so if I – let me paint a picture. We'll go back to that manufacturer. I'm an Australian manufacturer, and I – I have installed a bunch of solar, so it's giving me 50% of my energy is coming from solar, so I know that's green, but I've still got 50% of my consumption coming from the grid. Um, and so I'm thinking, right, I want to I want to make sure I, I have net uh, zero emissions, if, if my target is net zero emissions. So I've got, I've got a, I can go sort of go to market and decide where, which certificates I want to buy from where. Yeah, I mean, we've got bundles, so they're mixed blends, I guess, is, and depending on um, their regions that the blends are made up of. And each of our regions are, are constructed in a way that um, offsets the proportion of emissions that those countries actually contribute to the problem globally. So, for example, if you take the Asian mix for us, it's um, the percentage of the Asian countries within it plus Australia and their percentage of their emissions globally, and we proportion it out and mix it up. We have four different uh, types of bundles um, from various regions around Australia. You might choose, or from the world, sorry, you might choose just to uh, support Australia and buy Australian RECs, or you might choose to do Asia, or you might just buy the rest of the world. Okay. And so do you, that's an interesting question. How, how often do, do your customers ask for Australian certificates? question uh yeah. there's there are some people who particularly want to support the australian market and the renewable energy in australia and we have that solution for them i think it's at a guess probably a third maybe even less but mm-hmm. the majority of people um, are quite happy to support the global challenge or the global issue and take our most popular is rest of the world and that is mm-hmm. um, every market globally um, or where we where we source our RECs from anyway. And it's also the most cost-effective. Right. But, yeah, it, it is kind of academic because the air is the air. And it, although you're supporting Australian business, but still it's the atmosphere is benefiting your reduction Everything. of emissions in the atmosphere benefit. You know, if you want to, sorry, if you want to take a, a um, you know, a good global citizen type of approach, you think of, you know, third world countries that don't have the investment that we have in renewable energy here. You know, the government's just recently, oops, sorry, there goes my phone too. Um, they've just, uh, who have just um, invested a lot of money or committed to investing in renewable energy. And you've got some countries, you know, India, China, uh, probably more so Malaysia and Indonesia that don't have that investment and probably the biggest um, contributors to emissions. So, we, you know, supporting them is going to have actually a larger impact on the problem than, you know, than probably, you know, supporting countries like ours that are actually not causing such a big, only 1% of the emissions globally or less than 1%. Okay. Um, now, I just want to touch on greenwashing. I think 
And I think it's one of those terms, everybody knows what greenwashing is, but they don't necessarily know how it works or what it really looks like. Do you, how would you define it? And, and how does this, this uh, how do renewable energy certificates help? Well, it's, greenwashing is a really interesting one. Um, essentially, it's just about the um, misleading or misleading your consumers or customers into, into thinking that you're doing more for the environment than you are. Um, and also potentially signing up with programs that really aren't contributing to what you're alluding it to be. So essentially, if you are cl making claims around your uh, emissions, around anything that's to do with um, sustainability, it needs to be audible, auditable and traceable. It needs to be actually in a position to be able to clearly uh, support any, with evidence, any claims that you make. And this is something particularly that the ACCC has released in July this year, um, a guidance document around the, about what you need to be doing in regards to claims. And it's the company's responsibility to ensure that they are dealing with um, ethical and um, incredible companies that are delivering on the promises that they're making to their consumers, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, to me, it almost feels like the certificates are the are the answer to greenwashing. If if you're a, if you're a consumer, and I guess as you mentioned right at the top, I mean, producers or products starting to actually have, I don't know, like a QR code linking to something online where they can say, "Click here to see our certificates." I think it feels like that's evolving. We're moving towards that a bit more because people want that genuine proof that there there's something going on. Yeah, I think we live in this period of. Um, skepticism you know we're all getting the spam emails and the you know mm. the, the calls you're not so sure about and and so making sure that as businesses we can be as credible and transparent as we possibly can to, to ensure that we keep and maintain and build our customers and consumers um, opinion of us is super important mm. Mm. Um, and so another one too is is I mean some people might think well this is good for high emitting companies or for certain types of industry but you mentioned before it's across the board yeah and actually surprisingly a majority of our companies are medium-sized um, organizations medium small size organizations um, yeah. but it is we've got customers who range from um, multi-site uh, shopping centers for example through to abattoirs through to accountants it really, there really isn't um, a specific stereotype of the of business who this product is 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 good or bad for good for. It really is everyone um, to be able to to achieve what's the opportunity that you can take up with your customers and consumers from marketing perspective, and also you know deliver on the forthcoming regulatory and also your if they have an ESG requirement um, then you're a potential you should be buying Rex that's the easiest way to be able to um, deliver both of those from with the most simplest and, and and cost effective way to be honest yeah yeah and I guess one last question is um, just in terms of the reconciliation so if I'm I've got a forecast of how much electricity I might use in the next quarter, but um, I don't know that that's exactly how much I will consume. And if I'm trying to make sure I purchase the right number of certificates to get me to a, a net zero position, do am I buying them after so I can prove how much electricity was used or how does that work? 
Uh, we buy ours based on your actual consumption, so at the at the point of billing. So you actually right. buy the certificates the month, I guess, retrospectively. Yeah. Um, we do that so that we don't over or undercharge and that you can confidently claim 100% renewable energy. The problem with doing it with projections is that there is the risk then that you're not actually buying to the 100%, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, do people do that? I, I was thinking you'd have to do it retrospectively, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 The, that'll, yeah. The, the ideal is retrospectively. Otherwise, you do run that risk of, you know, of variance. Yeah. And actually, one last question. Is there ever a supply issue? I mean, do you have you found a scenario where someone says, great, I want to buy all these certificates and, and there aren't enough? Or do you have to, I guess, if you can look around the world, you can find somewhere that they're available? No, we, well, I said we've got direct relationships with contract uh, with generators, and um, so our supply is quite short up at the moment, and with the demand that we've forecast, where it starts to actually get is going to be really interesting. Is that as the regulation comes into place here in Australia, as we see um, generators are slower to come on board than what's being anticipated, which we've seen at a few of the retailers' pr- presentations recently. Um, then you're going to start to hit a supply and demand issue. And I Mm. I foresee that um, prices will go up um, as people, as more businesses start to purchase, as we we see um, supply is not coming on board as quickly as um, we need, as the globe needs because of the 2030 requirements. That, yeah, so locking in, um, you know, our recommendation to people is, you know, locking your price as long as you can because we foresee prices are increasing mm. and they will continue to, to increase for the foreseeable future. Mm. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, anything else? I think we've covered the basics for someone who's curious on this topic, but was there anything else there we covered that you wanted to... Uh, oh, that's a good up? question. Um, no, I, I don't... I can't think of anything comes to top of my mind. Um, I think it's really simple. I mean, ideally, they're not going to be around forever. Hopefully, in 30 years' time, we're all going to be operating off a renewable energy grid that doesn't require certificates. Um, you know, and some people, you know, are anti them because they're a flawed system. And, you know, it is what it is, and this is the system that's been provided to us to work within, and it does drive investment into the renewable energy um, generators and and into that system, which I think is absolutely what we need to be doing at this point in in evolution of our energy grid. So um, not ideal, but the best we've got, and I think it's going to do the job. Yeah, well, I think at the core of it, people have to trust that the person issuing the certificates has satisfied themselves that that generation occurred at that time in that place. And so it all comes down to trust uh, uh, trust of those organisations, but it sounds like that's already pretty much there. I don't think people are really questioning that. Although we just got to make sure that that's that's there because if if anyone lost trust and they w- weren't sure that certificates were being issued um, illegitimately, then I think it could all fall down. So it's another. It's a bit like banking to some extent. It's going to it's going to rely on yeah. trust. It's the the uh, the the standards that have signed up by a lot of the the larger. Um, governments, etc., globally, like the IREX, is rock solid. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing you do about, uh, you know, not can do nothing. There is, it is really very hard to question it um, yeah. because it is so highly regulated um, and signed off by so many companies, um, so many, com- you know, organisations in the field, so many governmental bodies 
that um, it, it is the highest gold standard globally. Okay. Um, and I mean, you can't just really get better than that one. Yeah. Because I, I mean, carbon credits has had bad press, but this is not carbon credits. Not carbon credits. Um, not at all. Um, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. I just wanted to finish on that. <laughs> make that, make yeah. that point. <laughs> I probably should have said that at the top, yeah. Um, look, Louise, that was fantastic. Thank you very much for the insights and, um, yeah, good luck in the coming years as, uh, as this area expands. Great. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Louise.